never stops. I'll tell you, it never stops. This is fantastic. I'm really excited. I can hardly wait to buy one. Yes. So would you please uh, play the uh, first cut there for me, car, please? I need that. <laughs> Come on, honey. Jesus. Please. <laughs> oh, that was a nice crowd, wasn't it there? <laughs> Have you noticed that crowd, that same crowd is always sitting at the next table to you in a restaurant when you're trying to have a serious conversation with somebody? Let it. <laughs> Would you please bring them back again, Carl? I, I, oh, listen to that. Isn't that an authentic laugh? <laughs> If you've ever doubted that man is part of the great zoological group of inscrutable animal species, just listen to that recording. That's man making man-animal sounds. Oh, yeah, we make animal sounds, just like, you know, that had nothing to do with language. You know, the animal, uh, a, a lion, for example, will roar. And uh, he's not really saying anything, any other lion. He's just roaring. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, although there are theories that he is saying something to other animals. But uh, the uh, weight of uh, of clinical ob- observatory evidence says no. He's not saying something. He's just roaring. He's letting everybody know. Now, this is man being an animal. Have you ever thought of us uh, that we all make sounds that are basically related to the animal man? nothing to do with the intellectual creature which we have created at our head heads called humanity that's <laughs> something different from man man is an animal that walks around like zebra and uh, he has certain sounds that he does that are related to his 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 thing you know there's no other animal makes a sound like this do they? <laughs> Now, there are animals, no, the hyena does not sound like that. No, 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 don't, you keep saying these stupid things, Laura, what's the matter? The hyena does not, if you ever heard a hyena, you would never, never make a mistake of confusing that for a girl laughing. If you would, you really do need that hearing aid. I mean, you really do need it. No hyena, that, the only reason they say a hyena makes a laughing sound is that it's a high, trilling note, but it's nothing like laughing. I've heard hyenas, yes, in the bush. Uh, no, I'm, we're not here to talk about hyenas. We're talking about man. You're getting me off the subject. Stop it. Now, the fact is that man makes animal sounds that are common to all men. In other words, if you were to go to Japan, if you were to go to Russia, if you were to go to even the, the bush somewhere, uh, you will find that man laughs. And it's a distinctive, characteristic sound. Just like, uh, for example, a horse whinnies is a distinctive characteristic of horses regardless of the country they live in. So the whinny is not something that is learned by a horse. It's not a cultural thing. It's a thing that a horse does. <laughs> Have you ever thought of, of, of certain things we do that are not learned at all? You know, we like to think everything's cultural. There are even people who are so dumb as to believe that sex is cultural. That's about, uh, you know, that's like saying that man created himself as a concept two billion years ago. <laughs> and it was a cultural thing. No, no. Oh, it's only city people, I'm afraid. Really dedicated city people who, 
who believe that everything is possible through culture. Uh, it, it, people who live among the animals, who really do live among them, like, say, farmers, have great skeptical doubts about whether or not the differences between the sexes are as thin as city people believe they are. Because he will tell you that no matter where he goes in his, his travels, I'm talking about a farmer, no matter where he goes in his travels, and as a farmer, he may, he may, um, you know, he may see thousands of, of different types of cattle in his lifetime. He says, a bull always acts like a bull. <laughs> no matter where it comes from, no matter what training you've given it. In other words, it's almost impossible to train a bull to give milk. And he's a bull. And this this is also true of cows. They have certain characteristics. Now, I'm not trying to say that we're like cows or bulls. I am saying, however, we are also part of the animal kingdom. Just drop it out there. Now, I'm going to love angry letters. I'm going to say, oh, you're stupid. You ought to stay away from that kind of stuff because you're really stupid. Because I disagree with you. <laughs> so that means stupid to most people. However, the, the, the fact is, though, that man does make certain absolute, indisputable animal sounds that are only utter, uttered by man. Now, there are other creatures that make sounds that sound similar to our sounds. That's not to say, though, that they are. They just don't create a, a, a laugh nor do they create other sounds that man creates. What are some of the other sounds that are, that are characteristic of all men everywhere? No, a scream. Man screams in his own way, uh, and, and it, it transcends all language. If you were to go to the Australian bush, and you were to get a bush person, and, and do something in such a way that that person is compelled to scream, that scream would sound very much like a, a, uh, a girl going to, say, high school in Plainfield. In other words, the scream is universal. In fact, there's a, there's a phrase that often applies to it called the primal scream, but it's a thing that man does. There's no other creature. If you hear a person scream, you know it's a person. Now, you can kid yourself and say, well, yeah, there's a cat that makes a sound like that. Not really. Not if you hear the two together. You only uh, The only way you can convince yourself that a cat sounds like that is if there isn't a girl screaming at the same time. You know immediately. So listen to this laugh. This is a distinctive animal character. <laughs> <laughs> now, these are fake laughs, obviously. <laughs> now, you'll notice, too, that when they do that, they lose all personality. In other words, the one person may be very straight and conservative, another person may be a, a, a real hip liberal type, and so on up and down the line. But when the animal is laughing, all those cultural... These are all cultural things, by the way, conservative, liberal, so on. These are all ideas, concepts. They have really little to do with the animal, within the animal. That, uh, that there's no such thing as a conservative or a liberal lion. He's a lion. And he behaves certain ways, and there's uh, that the that the animal in man is an animal, and and as such, he is he is responsive to various uh, subliminal stimuli which 
appeal and, and, and in the same way stimulate other animals of his species, which is, of course, the, the creature, man. Have you, noticed, have you noticed that humor, by the way, this is an interesting thing, humor, contrary to popular opinion, humor is almost, almost one of the few universals. Now, there are many forms of humor that aren't, but humor itself is one of the few universals. For example, the movies of Charlie Chaplin are enjoyed by the most primitive tribes of Polynesia. Are you aware of that? Now, on the other hand, uh, a novel, we'll say, by Philip Roth describing the trials and tribulations of being a Jewish kid growing up in New York, this is simply not universal. It is not <laughs> understood by, say, somebody living in uh, the bush in Australia because none of the same conditions exist there. He said, well, you know, this is dull. You know, what is this? <laughs> I mean, that's the end of it. But, but yet, yet humor. That's why Mark Twain, for example, if Mark Twain had written serious, uh, unsmiling, non-humorous essays about the American frontier, his work would not have survived as a world phenomenon. Do you know that I found Mark Twain being read, incidentally, avidly, in Nigeria? And I was in Nigeria. I went, to, I went into the book department of a, of a store there, a department store, right in the middle of Lagos. And by the way, it's pronounced Lagos, and not Lagos. They're right in the middle of Lagos. And, and uh, I, I walked in, you know, all these Nigerians were there, and we got talking, and, and uh, they had whole shelf of Mark Twain. And I said to him, I said, Mark Twain? He says, yes, sir. And I says, but Mark Twain? He says, very popular here, sir. And Mark Twain is read over there. Why? Because he's funny. <laughs> I mean, everyone relates to funny. Uh, in one way or another. And it, don't, it knows no boundaries of age either. And so uh, people are constantly confused why, say, a seven-year-old kid will listen to our show here and, and, and laugh, and a 90-year-old guy will listen to it and laugh. Because there is that universal human characteristic called whatever it is. We call it humor, but it's, it's something else. It's, it's, a, it's a reaction to certain stimuli. And, and those stimuli are almost universal. Now, I'm not trying to say to you that there aren't certain national types of humor that are not understood by other nationalities. It's quite true. But when you get down to the basics of humor, yes, they are understood. They are understood. In fact, I, I, I have traveled around the world. Wherever I go, I have, I've made it a practice to make the people, wherever I am, laugh. Even if I don't know their language, I can make them laugh by a walk, by a move, by an expression on the face, and they will laugh. And, and, and they're not laughing because I'm an American and they are Indian or they are Thai or they are Siamese or whatever it might be. The Thai and the Siamese are the same, by the way. Uh, they are laughing because they understand a, a fellow human reaction to something. And it's as, as an animal. <laughs> it's not as a cultural creature. So, so when you listen to this, you're listening to a distinctive animal sound, as distinctive as the, as the sound, for example, of a horse whinnying. Only man makes this sound. <laughs> now, you're not going to buy it. That doesn't make it untrue. <laughs> You'll have to think about that. See, you know, I'll tell you one of the things, too, that... that, that that is curious about 
many people, and this is related, by the way, to the same problem of, of uh, keeping uh, stuffed teddy bears well into your dotage. That is, there are many people who really believe that animals are really basically four-legged human beings, thereby both at one and the same time putting down animals, not giving them the credit of being what they are, which is a very distinct uh, creature, and also putting down man, which says you are not distinct either. You're just like the lion, except that you walk around and you shave, uh, which is which is really not only unscientific, but it also happens to be quite dangerous. Oh, yes, uh, because it leads men into many, many, I, I would say, bottomless pits. Uh, for example, if you don't believe man is part of the animal kingdom, you will always be confused by the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh, you will always be confused by this. Okay. <laughs> now, there are other other distinctive uh, things that man does, but not many. I mean, that sets him... Because you see the animal, all animals, whatever they may be, have a limited number of characteristics that uh, really are distinctively their characteristics. In short, what I'm saying here is that uh, that I'm talking about every species as a limited number of things which make it different from all other species. However, we do share many things because we're all part of the animal kingdom. Now, one of the things we share, of course, is that is that we procreate in a specific way. This is not true of, let's say, geraniums. It is not true of the ant. <laughs> Uh, we, 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 we procreate a certain way. And that sets us, that makes us part of this specific zoological family. It's a, it's a whole thing. In addition to that, we have other things which go for us. So here's, here's some of the things that set us apart now. Now, man is a, a, a member of a very, very rare group in a specific area. And what is that? No. He's omnivorous. Very few creatures eat both meat and vegetable. <laughs> now, that's true. In other words, he is omnivorous. Omnivorous means that he can eat almost anything. Uh, he can eat, uh, he can eat uh, if, he's, if, he's in the, if he's in the jungle and there's nothing around there, it is possible for man to eat grass and nuts. This is not possible, by the way, for, let's say, a whale. It is totally impossible for uh, a lion to survive on acorns. He cannot do this. It's, and you can't train him to do it. <laughs> you think, well, I can train him to do this because, you see, he's just like me. No, that's not so. He does not even have the digestive system to do it. Now, on the other hand, uh, many other creatures, you see, uh, what, are, what are some of the other omnivorous creatures that really do, in nature, uh, subsist on omnivorous fare? Very rare. The dog, no. The dog, by the way, and I've, I've observed wild dogs in Africa. I've been there. The wild dog in Africa is a dedicated carnivore. So if, you treated, if, you've, if you've conditioned little Fifi to eat carrots... Just don't wave any elbow under her nose, and you'll find out what she really wants. <laughs> uh, 
And incidentally, if you treat her to too many carrots, she'll wind up dying on you, being a very unsuccessful dog. No, because her, her system needs this. So we make, you know, and another thing, we make a value system on, on food. That's another bad thing that man does. He thinks that if a, if a lion eats a zebra, that's kind of a bad thing. Well, do you want any lions in this world? You do? Well, then you better accept lions eating zebras. You've got to accept the lion for what he is. So, you, you know, you can't contradict yourself with the next statement. Well, I'd like to see the lion preserved. Well, then you better be prepared because the lion, <laughs> the lion, he lives off other creatures. That's his way. So, on the other hand, and that's not only his way, that's his system. That's his whole body is built on this. He has instincts, incidentally, that, that, that are much different from us. He's truly a hunter, too. That the lion, that the lion uh, is not entirely satisfied by merely you throwing him meat. He is always being held back from what he really does, which is hunt. He is a he is a predator and predator. Look it up in the dictionary. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, man is also. That's a fascinating thing. Yes, man is a predator. And and man man, ever since the very earliest days, oh, incidentally, part of his predatoring can be symbolic. Are you aware that there are, that the symbolic predator? which is to keep an animal in a cage. You have gone out and caught this animal. It's now in a cage. It's a symbolic predator. So if you have a bird in a cage, you are symbolizing to many, uh, to many uh, uh, clinical psychologists the predator instinct. Why do you want to keep this animal here? Why have you gone out and gotten it? It's an animal that does not belong in your living room. This animal is not indigenous. A canary is not indigenous to your kitchen, madam. <laughs> well, so if you if you believe that you have risen above the predator stage and you have a pet mouse, no, you haven't risen above the predator stage. You are, in fact, acting out the role of predator. Oh, yes, mice do not collect human beings and put them in little cages. The point I'm getting at here, if, 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 if you want to really... This is why, by the way, do you know that man is the least studied of all creatures by man? Because it gets very, very controversial and very, very uncomfortable. If you were to study man the same way that, let's say, a scientist studies, for argument's sake, uh, monarch butterflies, you, you'd run into all kinds of religious and sociological and even personal reactions. You wouldn't want to study it. You know, you, you really don't. You don't want to know these things. Because, because partly, part of our characteristic, always part of our man thing, is that we really believe, man honestly believes, that he can, he can, uh, he can out-train himself, he can train himself not to be an animal. He believes this. In other words, he can really convert, he can change himself, he can metamorphose himself. He, it, it's as if a lion suddenly got the idea that if he worked hard enough and really studied, he could become a racehorse. Well, we, you know, we in, in the case of an animal, we see this as stupid. It's not happened. But man believes he can. So you know, you can't you can't get into this with most people because they really get bugged by this. <laughs> and and 
And, and so, you know, the, what I'm what I'm saying here tonight is is it, it to me it's very funny. You know, and I know this doesn't sound like a comedy routine to you, but it really is because it, one of the great cosmic comedies to me is man constantly believing that if he works hard enough, writes enough books, one day there won't be wars. I find that not only funny, but like most humor, it's also got a very sad side. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very sad side. But listen, listen to this sound again. This is a distinctive animal sound. It's a, it, it has no... See, when you listen to a laugh, you don't really think of this as an animal making a, 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 a gut sound uh, that comes out of his own species. That's, that's exactly what a laugh is. A laugh... You can't tell me what nationality any of these people are. <laughs> you cannot. There's no conceivable way. <laughs> now you're going to try to tell me, you know? Oh, I could tell uh, that. No, I've I've been in the Eskimo land, and I've heard Eskimos laugh. They sound exactly like a guy from the Bronx. And <laughs> nothing could be further than an Eskimo from the Bronx. I've heard them laugh. I mean, they sound just like that. Uh, so, so the one thing that transcends language, and, and language, of course, is cultural up to a point. Language is cultural, uh, largely. So, naturally, it separates us. I mean, the, the French speak in the way that the French speak in. Uh, the, the, but a dog, you see, on the other hand, will bark. He barks. And, and if, you, if you go down through the dog creature, you look at all the dogs, they, they have different sounding barks. Some are higher, some are lower. But they're all recognizable as a bark. Distinctly recognizable as a bark. Now, the reason that they're higher or lower, of course, is largely physical. A little tiny dog simply doesn't have the chest cavity of, let's say, a, uh, a Great Dane. <laughs> so he, 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 he's limited by his, his actual physical size. But if, if you could take a, uh, a poodle and the poodle were to grow to, say, the Great Dane size, it would probably sound very much like a, a, uh, a Great Dane. And this is true of man, too, uh, that, that often you will find people will laugh their laughs will be higher pitched generally because they're smaller people. Uh, in, in fact, if you if you go to uh, certain countries, you'll hear the laughs are a little higher, and you'll find that these are people of short stature. You will never find, say, somebody uh, uh, who is uh, four feet nine laughing with the same sound, let's say, of Roosevelt Greer, because he has this great chest, see, and the tremendous cavity. But it is distinctly a laugh. There is no question. He goes, ha, ha, ha. That's why we, we, we always refer to it in comic strip terms as ha, 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 because it's very close to that, or ho, ho, ho. But you notice it has distinct stops and starts. It is the release of air at a specific beat and tempo in a certain way. Ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. One does not laugh, ho. That's not a laugh. This is a laugh. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> you notice they're all doing the same thing? Okay. <laughs> there I am. I'm doing it now. And so you you as a as a as a creature will laugh uh at 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 pretty much the same thing when all the onion layers, the skin of onion is is stripped away from our culture. You will laugh. For example, uh, the, the the pie in the face is universal. The, the Eskimos will roar at a guy getting hit with a pie. 
Now, on the other hand, uh, many of them will never find, say, something funny as, say, a Mike and Elaine routine. Completely leaves them cold. Now, now, uh, uh, things within a show, now, like I'll do a show, I, I'll find that the kids will suddenly laugh at something that adults will not laugh at. Well, because we also are a creature who attempts to curb many things within him. In short, uh, the, the, the thing that sets many animals apart from us, or uh, before we get, because we're almost out of time here, but are you curious what some of the other omnivorous creatures are? I mean, that actually live on other things, uh, uh, rather than they can live on meat. If they have to, they can live. Well, there are many insects that can do that. Of course, uh, mostly uh, well, the cockroach is omnivorous. But I'm talking about fellow animals. Now, uh, many animals will eat a little uh, vegetation, but they will eat it as more or less a supplement to something. In other words, it's like a dietary supplement to its main feed, like a dog is mainly carnivorous, and often they will eat grass. They will eat grass. It's basically, and this is, uh, th this is well documented by many veterinary studies, they will eat grass as basically a kind of self a self-medicine thing, but it's not food. They don't. They don't say, "Well, I'm going to go out and graze for weeks on end," like the cow. They do not do this. Well, one of the most interesting of all omnivorous creatures. By the way, he doesn't share many other things with man. Is the bear? The bear is omnivorous. The bear will live for a long time on berries and nuts. And the bear will then also live a long time on sheep. He will awful, often live on sheep and, and nuts and, and, and uh, berries at the same time. So he, he's, not, he's omnivorous. Uh, incidentally, one of the things he varies from us is that he's also very rare in one extremely interesting way. He's one of the few true non-herd animals. He's a true loner. The bear is only seen in company with other bears during one specific time of the year. And then he splits immediately. The mother will be with the cubs for a while, and when they're through, she'll bat them and they're gone. And she is a loner. The bear is a lone creature. Man is not. Man is never found uh, in, in single. But the rarest of all human deviates, really, a deviation from the, the great herd of man is the true hermit. And, they, and everybody says, well, I'm a hermit inside. No. <laughs> you're saying it to me, which already, already means you're a herd creature. Let's hear a little of that laugh again. Just sneak it in. <laughs> oh. <laughs>